Welcome to the Women Who Lead podcast, a place where we celebrate, connect, and develop every woman in her leadership journey. Thanks for coming along. I want to segue here and kind of talk a little bit about your book, Fearless, sure. that you wrote. So I mentioned your first book, mm-hmm. uh, A Study on Philippians, about joy, but your second book, right? This was your second it book? It was, yeah. Fearless out? is my second Fearless. Bible study. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you also have a devotional, Astounded, which is awesome as well. Mm-hmm. But Fearless, you take ordinary women of the Bible and you talk about how they dared to do extraordinary things. And I think it ties into the obedience factor. hundred percent. It's the Mm -hmm. same level of obedience we use in the pain. Yes. uh, Turning our pain into purpose. Uh, It's just, you follow my foot here. If I take right, you go left, you know, I go left, you go left. That's, that's how we're going to work this because we're going to navigate this, with God, because we don't do extraordinary things within our own right. That's we right. We do that by obedience and following God. I talk about how it's the paradox of calling, hmm. where it's all about me, but it's not about me at all. True. Because it's about God who is calling me. So true. So it's the great paradox of calling. But you talk about um, Priscilla in this book, hmm. Fearless. And I love that chapter. Um so share with us a little bit today what what she has taught you about calling when we think about Priscilla. You know, I think she's maybe one of my favorite people in the Bible. Definitely one of my favorite women in the Bible. And the more I studied her, in fact, I was so weary by the time I got to researching her, uh, Lisa, in the book, there's six sessions. <laughs> I thought maybe I can just end at five because, you know, <laughs> it sounded great on paper. I'm going to look at all these women of the Bible and there's three Old Testament and three New Testament, but then you got to study their culture, the time period, the history. I was drowning in research as I know you understand, but I thought I cannot not talk about Priscilla. She's just, first of all, my mm-hmm. husband and I have been ministry together our whole lives. And so she and Aquila yeah. minister alongside of each other. In fact, in the six passages that they're talked about, she's mentioned three, three times first. He's mentioned three times first. But her ministry is so far reaching and there's so many things I loved about her. This common denominator, Lisa, before I dive into a couple of specifics about Priscilla is, is obedience. Like you mentioned, because I don't, it doesn't matter what, what we do as women that are leading. It matters that we do what we are called to do. And so that Mm -hmm. is so critical that we understand what are you calling me to do? What does my God assignment look like? And, and the Lord gave me even a little kind of template. And I'll share that in a minute. But when I was looking at Priscilla, I saw her ability to really move past compartmentalization. She didn't compartmentalize any part of her life. She had moments she could have been bitter. She was a political refugee. She had to leave. She followed Paul. You know, she and Aquila followed Paul across the sea. She ended up being the mother of the early church. And when you look at Paul's ministry, she's inextricably linked. Then you look at Apollos and it says that she taught him, you know, they went to hear this great dynamic preacher who was in town, you know, the, the hot, whatever, Stephen Furtick or whatever, hot top, yeah. hot preacher of the day. And I mean, as far as like the most listened to that didn't come out as great as I meant it, but <laughs> I didn't mean hot, you know what I mean? We're girls, you know what I'm saying? But you know, the, the, the most listened to whatever, you know, person at the moment is, is Apollos and he's so dynamic and charismatic 
but he's, he's misguided in his theology. And so what I loved about Priscilla in that moment is she was willing to teach him in private and so that others could receive the benefit in public. She didn't just shame him. She didn't get on social media and say, Apollos doesn't know what he's talking about. And so she's not only this, I mean, if all she'd ever done was been a part, part of Paul's ministry, that would have been, you know, extremely significant. I mean, he jet set it around the world. Mm -hmm. She was in Ephesus. She was in Corinth. She was in these, these cities that were so deeply immoral and so steeped in, in immoral, immorality. And, you know, to be where the temple of Diana or Artemis was to think about what she was up against, Lisa, there was a moment I, I was researching that part and thinking about how insignificant I would feel standing in front of something so monstrous. I can think of buildings in our own country and thinking, I don't know what my small little contribution is going to be worth. But what I saw is these other women throughout Fearless had maybe a specific cause. Her overarching cause was the gospel. And it was getting the gospel yeah. to the lost at all costs, at all costs. And I saw that the immorality didn't intimidate her moving again and again, didn't intimidate her, you know, being a political refugee, starting over what I think drove her was her love for the gospel, the word, wanting it to be taught well, like she did with Apollos, you know, supporting Paul's ministry, having church in their home, helping him in, in tent making. And then you have Timothy, who is Paul's protege, and now she's a mother, spiritual mother to him. So she spans really these prominent leaders of the New Testament. And she teaches us, there's a couple of things that I talked about in the end of Fearless, as you see kind of like the arc of her life, that we have a cause. Her cause, I said, was really the gospel. She pursued her calling. And we see in that that we're we're called to pursue our calling. And that's the things we talk about, Lisa. Maybe it's our our, our bent, our core strengths, all those things, our pain that we steward, all of that, our spiritual gifts, we can capitalize on them. But then we have to realize, God, what are you calling me to do? Then we protect our calling. And there's so many ways that we protect our calling because I think we step out and we think this is going to be amazing. I'm going to go to Africa. I'm going to do work there. And then it gets hard, right? Then it gets challenging. Yeah. It gets difficult. Or maybe we have to make adjustments in our course, we have to realize, okay, I need to zig and I've been zagging. There's some questions there that I even jotted down in Fearless as I studied her life that I think she models for us. If we're trying to decide, is this something God's asking me to do? Am I consistently spending time in prayer in God's word? Is there a good that I need to let go of to make room for God's best? You know, mm. We have to have subtraction to have addition. What can I do that no one else can do? That's another clarifying question, zeroing in on your focus. Where do I sense God's favor? Where is his grace? Like you mentioned, his grace in your life. And what do I learn now in this season that I that will help me sustain for the long haul? So I think we see those questions as a part of protecting. And then the third area that I see with Priscilla at the end of her life is practicing your calling. And we've mentioned this word, but honestly, Lisa, success in the kingdom of God is defined by obedience. And Priscilla models that over and over and challenges us to love our culture, to treat it with compassion and to trust God with the outcome. We're not called to know the outcome or even be responsible for the outcome. We're just responsible for 
obedience and stepping out in our calling and something that God gave it's actually through a course that I've been taking with you. And I've been reading a book um, on meeting and uh, how remarkable women lead. And I was looking at questions and great book. it's such a great book, right? And yeah. it's a great course that you're giving us. And I, I, I was thinking about calling cause it can feel kind of abstract at times. And I think we get, it gets mm -hmm. away from us and there are some practical things we can do. And the Lord actually gave me four quick things that I think really Priscilla modeled so beautifully and kind of elements of calling and living our lives, as we're saying, stewarding all that we've been giving. And first is a gap, identifying a gap and recognizing it. And that's really, for me, a gap is defined as a God highlighted cause or a need. Mm -hmm. Now, not every need is a gap that we need to fill, but that starts to fuel our purpose. And for Priscilla, everywhere she went, she and those that she was ministering with identified the gap. You know, there's a gap here. There's a giant right. temple with a thousand temple priestesses by day. There's a gap or, or in Apollos, there's a gap theologically or in Timothy, there's a gap in his age or in his ability to maybe move beyond that. But then the next step I have is God assignment because we have to move from identifying a gap to knowing whether or not this is an ordained God assignment for me. And then that's yeah. that clarity, that focus we've talked about to have the opportunity to use our core strengths for God's glory. And then this is the part we were sharing earlier. And I didn't want to get ahead of myself, but <laughs> then I put down grit. There's a really funny, um, I've done so much help with musical theaters and music being in my you know um, career and my daughter was a musical theater major, Lisa. And so an improv expression is commit to the bit. That if you're in a bit, Robin Williams was always in a bit, like these great comedians, yeah. and they're just fully committed. I mean, they've got a whole, whole thing going on in their brain. And I said it once, I heard it once, and I said it to Gabrielle. She's like, Mom, that's a common expression. Like everybody knows, commit to the bit. And I wrote down, like, okay, so we've we've assessed a gap. For me, I've assessed things in Africa. Now I saw a million needs when I was there. Obviously I can't meet all those. So mm -hmm. the Lord defined that wide funnel and narrowed it to pastors' wives. Now that's emerged into education initiatives, yeah. you know, micro enterprise. But if we just try to do everything, even if we have the best motivation, we will fail at that because not everything is our assignment. So we move from a gap to a God assignment. And then I put into the grid, then we apply our knowledge. We engage our community around us. We assess the obstacles and we commit to the grit. So yeah. committing to the bit, you have to commit to the grit. Like, honestly, it's going to be hard. Climbing Kilimanjaro was hard. Writing books is hard. You know, look, staring down a deadline and thinking, oh, can I just leave Priscilla out? Because you're tired. Like, yeah. just because we are in the sweet spot of God's grace on our life doesn't mean there's not grit. Doesn't mean there's not obstacles or, or readjusting yeah. or saying that needs to go. That's not going to make it. And then something that you mentioned and lean into and you live your life so beautifully in this, Lisa, is grace. You know, when we've done our part, the grace of God, the super on our natural, yeah. we step out in faith. Then we receive God's grace for his assignments. And I've saw that over and over in fearless, whether it was Jochebed, Moses's mom or Rahab or mm -hmm. Abigail or the woman at the well, the woman with the issue of blood. And then Priscilla, their mm -hmm. assignments were not the same. Their backgrounds, yeah. we don't need to compete. There doesn't need to be competition in the body, especially in the body of Christ. There are so many unique God assignments that we are custom made. Instead of me feeling like I'm a reject off an assembly line, now I see that God has used every part of me, even the parts that were painful, 
to realize that he has custom designed assignments for us. And that is a very different approach to, to leading, to saying, mm-hmm. oh God, I see a gap. Is it my assignment? And if it is, then, okay, I'll yeah. give, I'll give the grit that's needed. I'll bring everything to the table. And then I know you'll give me the grit, the grace that I need to do what you've called me to do. Yeah. Oh, so good. And it is, you know, it goes back to, it's all about me, but it's not about me at all. It's exactly. about God who has called me. That's exactly it's that right. great paradox of calling. It's like you see a need and you fill it, yeah. but you can't fill all of the needs. Yeah. And so you have to walk in obedience. You have to walk with an ear in tune with, with God and his leading and his direction. And then tons of grace, yeah. tons of grace. Even for yourself, and, for yourself to yeah. say, oh, to be okay to say it's not my assignment or I stepped out. Yeah. It was huge and not everything was as successful as I would have wanted yeah. it to be right in that particular situation. But if we look at our assignments and our opportunities that way, we can be mm-hmm. so much more open-handed with them and release right. things or realize maybe I was just a connector in someone else's kingdom purpose. I love doing that in this season, especially whether it's travel or connecting women. And I think that fights that scarcity mindset that we can get in as leaders. There's not enough seats at the table. That's got to be my, I I need to write that book. And she, I mean, we can let all that go when we just realize God is enough. God is more than enough. Mm -hmm. And he is more than enough for me. And like you said, it's, it's about me, but it's also not about me at all. That's the joy yeah. that we have of partnering with God, that yeah. he could do it without us, but he wants to do it with us. He wants to use us. And and it's so liberating as women to know, be who God has called mm-hmm. you to be. Just run, yeah. run with boldness. I don't know that we'll ever truly be 100% fearless. I don't know that all <laughs> these women, I think they had those, everything from mild butterflies <laughs> to absolute panic attacks. But I, I think yeah. that's okay. The point is, I don't have to be 100% fearless. I just have to be obedient. And then I know that God yeah. is going to meet me at my point of obedience. Yes. Yeah. So good. Uh, one of my favorite quotes on grace and glory, because I think when grace, we apply grace to our life, that's when the glory of God yes. is revealed through the pain, mm. like we were talking earlier, through the pain. The purpose, but Thomas Brooks was a Puritan preacher, and he wrote way back in the day. He said, "Grace and glory differ very little. One is the seed, and one is the flower." Mm. And he says, "Grace is glory militant." Mm. So when we apply grace, grace is the seed. Wow! And it's the glory that's militant. It's active. It's working. Wow! You know, and then glory is grace triumphant. Oh, so the glory that comes from our life is the seed, the flower from the seed of grace. So true. And I think as female leaders, um, all leaders, but we have to apply the dailiness of God's grace. It's not a, although the power of grace is that one time thing that covers a multitude of sins. Grace is, something we can ask for over and over and over again. Mm, it's, it's there in the pain. It's there in the good. And grace is the seed. Glory is the flower. Mm. And, um, you know, grace is glory triumphant. And so that. that's the good thing about it. Right. I love that. Love, love, love that. Mm. 
Well, hey, we talked about your your books and Fearless, if you haven't read Fearless as well. And then Angela has a book called Astounded. Mm. Uh, and you've just written a book with your dad. Oh, well, how yeah. special is that? Yeah, What's I that love, all about? I love it. And thank you. You're so gracious to mention my books. And you endorsed, I know at least Astounded, and I thank you so yeah. much for that. And that's a, a collection of 52 uh, short devotions, a little bit lighter moments. And, uh, you know, if, if fearless is, you know, a half marathon astounded is, you know, a light jog. So depending <laughs> on what you're feeling like, uh, spiritually and what you need, it's just, and it's great for, you know, beginner believers or just to have a light moment. Mm-hmm. 52 is intended for one a week, but a lot of personal fun stories in that as well. But my dad is 79 And during COVID, I was processing some feelings with him one day about just the pandemic and just, uh, you know, everything we were all feeling Mm -hmm. and it was, it was dragging on. And then you start to feel like people were struggling with the relationship with God and of course the mental health crisis and doubts. And, and so I was talking about doubt and how, what do people do with their doubts when things don't turn out the way we want them to. And he, um, aptly brought up Thomas, you know, we all think about that big moment when Thomas is as, you know, his doubting moment. But the more my dad and I talked, the more I realized there was such a breadth of, of wealth of this um, life of Thomas. Would you believe Lisa, not a single book has been written on Apostle Thomas? I know. So why do I take on these assignments that are like, (laughs) okay, there he's included, you know, in compilations, but there's four major encounters between Thomas and Jesus. And so my dad and I look at each one of those and the lessons that we can learn. And so really right now it's, I think what the final title will be is brave enough to believe and how the life of Thomas answers our hard questions. So yeah. What do we do with our hard questions? And, uh, and I've loved, loved this process of writing with my dad. And so it releases in January of next year, 2023. And uh, this is, my first book to write that's not slanted just for for women. So this is really we've we've wrote it in the mind for in mind for those that are seekers, skeptics, or seasoned mm-hmm. leaders. And really, Thomas was all of those. At one point, yeah. he was a seeker. He definitely struggled with just needing to have more and and the and having a deeper revelation of God. And then for those leaders who really want to guide people through seasons of doubt. And, uh, and, and if we've emerged with anything after COVID, it's, it's a lot of people still processing a lot of questions and we need to know how to help, you know, navigate that Mm -hmm. ourselves and to help others. So it's been a labor of love. My dad and I did it over FaceTime calls and Google, uh, you know, Google docs. In fact, Lisa, one of the early on, um, times we're meeting together, I had Google docs pulled up and he called to my mom. He's like, Glenn, you got to come in here. I have my cursor in the document and Angela has her cursor in the document at the same time. Like it was so sweet. It was so cute. So it's it's been personally, and my dad is such a deep theologian. And so we, he vetted every single sentence that's on that page to make sure that it stood up theologically. So I'm Good. honored and uh, to be yeah. able to write that with him. So yeah, I'm really excited. Oh, that'll, that's be exciting. Out, that'll be out in January. And I love that you pointed out that he's a deep theologian because I do think we're missing that. Yeah. We're missing that today. We need those deep theologians to keep us on track to say, this is how, this is what the word of God is saying. Yeah. 
um, well, hey, Angela, we're we're just really excited about that new book coming out in January. Thank and thank you. Keep us posted here at Women Who Lead. Uh, I'm going to ask you one last question, but before I do, where can we find you? I know you're on all the social media platforms, your website, your books. Give sure. us a little. Probably yeah. the, the one-stop shop is AngelaDenadio.com. And okay. uh, I host the Make Life Matter podcast. You've been a guest there. Thank you so yeah. much. So that's there. My resources, um, yeah, anything they would want to find, AngelaDenadio.com. Oh, so you can you heard her, AngelaDenadio.com. And the information will be there about her social media, her books, where to follow her and how to get copies of these great books that she's written. And so Angela, I have one last um, question for you to leave with our listeners today. It's been wonderful. uh, Heart conversation with you, just Mm -hmm. heart to heart. Uh, But what is one last um, heart nugget or leadership nugget you would leave with um, the women who or the listeners today? Mm. I think it's just a theme of what we've talked about, which is obedience. Just never shy away from obedience. Trust God in obedience. He always blesses obedience. It may not look, let him define blessing, what that looks like in our Mm -hmm. lives, but he will always bless obedience. I'm not saying it won't be costly. The anointing on your life is costly, but the obedience is always worth it. And you look back and you think, wow, what an adventure that I'm getting to live with God and our part is obedience and his part is, is to empower us, to equip us, which he does so beautifully. So wherever you're listening from, whatever you're walking through, just know that obedience, I, I, I don't want to misquote it, but I know there's a quote out there that basically is obedience is a long walk in the same direction. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's that consistency of just saying, I'm going to love you tomorrow. I'm going to trust you tomorrow and mm-hmm. uh, and then you look back and you've got a life of obedience and you've got a life of kingdom purpose because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you heard it here today, listeners from Angela. Um, she's leaving you with a nugget of obedience. And um, it's not a sexy word, right, Angela? We heard <laughs> no. that several times at, at lead. <laughs> I, I want you to come up with a sexier nugget. I need a better, I guess, a word. But it's, it's like it's like when we think of uh, obedience, we're like, it's not that word. It's not that fluffy word, that flower that, that wants to make us run and um, scream on the top of the mountain. But I don't know about our listeners, but I'm taking away today the visual of you with no makeup on, your backpack, your tent and everything, your sneakers, your hiking gear, and you're, you're kind of losing it. Yeah. But this is my visual I'm I'm leaving today with, but your guide is saying, when I take a right step, you take a right step. When I go left, you go left. You just follow me. That's it. And so, uh, that's my visual today Mm. from this heart to heart conversation that we've had. Thank you for, um, sharing your heart with our listeners here at Women Who Lead podcast. Um, We're thankful for women like you who lead the way and do it well and um, have integrity and you're joyful about it and you live in obedience. And so thank you, Angela. Thank you to our listeners. Hope you've enjoyed that today. And so go and live the life that God has planned for you. He has so much in store for you. You can't even imagine it. Uh, We're praying for you. 
But most of all here at Women Who Lead, we're cheering you on in a big, big way. So God bless you all. Thanks for listening.